Good morning. Morning. Why are you here? To do our first podcast. How's it feel? I'm excited. Really excited. So yesterday you told me you're not nervous. Today, are you nervous or no? Not really, no. I love it. Awesome. Well, guys, my name is Craig Hostetner. I am super excited to be here. We had talked about this podcast for a while and what we are, the Hostetler show. Number one, our logo. We, we finished our logo yesterday, so we really thought we were going to have a podcast because our logo is so cool, but <laughs> we're going to get over that part. What we want to bring is we want to bring our connections to everybody, share the value, and be able to do more than just talk. We want to be able to hold ourselves accountable and add value to your life. So today, we're just going to be talking about our story because Donovan's story, my story is a little bit different, but we got a lot of similarities we want to share to the world about where we came from. And I don't know how I feel about the word hope, but it's bringing hope to that person who was me three years ago, who was me five years ago. Because if I could turn around and talk to that person, it's this is just a format that I can be able to help that person, bring actionable items because I was wanting somebody to do that for me the truth is there's nobody just perfectly the same but that one statement one day at a time like like your man ed mallet says one more time um so honestly my inspiration comes from for me on this podcast is if you guys know ed mallet's story it's his dad was an alcoholic coming home ed never knew if his dad's going to be drunk if his dad's going to be sober and the story about his dad saying one more time, he's going to try to get sober. And he said, said it from stage and it really hit me is there was a guy who helped him get sober. That was an alcoholic. He was drunk and he doesn't even know who who he is, but that one person changed millions of lives. And I want to be able to help at least one person. So that's why I'm here. Why are you here? I love it. So I'm here kind of the same reason. So, it's that one person it's that person that i was two years ago one year ago before i started all of this yesterday you asked me why i qualify for this i might not qualify for the billionaire right they might learn something but i do definitely qualify that for the person i was a year ago even four months ago because i've done so much since then always moving forward so it's it's that one person that is getting ready to start is just thinking about starting that I know that I can help them because I've been there and I'm doing it. Love it. My name is Craig Hostetner. We are co-hosting this together. Mm-hmm. I'm 25 years old. I grew up in as a redneck in Arkansas, farming, um, barefoot country boy. I, my a typical day for me was waking up and at 5:30 went to pick up dead chickens. We had broiler chicken houses, um, and three of those. Take, took care of them, came back in. Mom usually had, usually had breakfast ready for us, got ready. I was the guy who made the lunches for my brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, about 8, by 8, 8.30, we were at school. Left school at 3 o'clock and came home, did fed cattle, more chores. And the whole race from getting up in the morning till we were done was uh, till the evening was to have about two, three hours to absolutely tear up the neighborhood mm-hmm. with uh, ATVs, fishing, um, hunting. It didn't didn't matter. That was that was a whole race when we got up in the morning. 
Um, so that was fast over my childhood. I want to dissect a little bit through that. Uh, first of all, what's your name and age? Uh, I'm Donovan, uh, 21 years old. That's young. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So farm life for you. You were a farmer, barefoot country boy, and now you live in Missouri. You own part of a roofing company. You're an investor. Why, why didn't you choose to just continue the farm life? It didn't, it, everybody did it. I always knew there was something better. Um, I always saw the people in the fancy cars with the fancy watches living in the city. I like the, I like the business of all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I still like a farm, but I love living in the city, uh, where stuff is happening. If I'm not doing something, if something's not happening and it's just quiet, I get antsy. So I, and why not farm? It just wasn't the way I wanted to go. I like business. I remember as a small kid, I would play with dad's, um, leftover paperwork. I had mm -hmm. a whole business in my head and now today I find myself doing it in real life, but it's kind of just like I'm playing, like it's, it's just, I'm having so much fun playing life. I love it. I love it. So I don't know if I mentioned it. We're brothers. He's my little big brother. We're business partners. Uh, we own a part of a roofing company together, uh, investing, mm -hmm. and we have lots more plans in the future, but that's what we're working on at the moment. Um, so what he was referring to is our dad was a contractor mm -hmm. and general contractor. We did anything from changes in doorknob, uh, all the way to building a house. And we grew up not only on the farm side, but in the summers, we also, when we were not in school, we grew up doing construction, carrying out bricks, doing everything that you can imagine that the crew didn't want to do. True. We were, um, they called us gophers. And I was always a kid who fought that work labor life because my dad always said when I was born is I was always trying to be at least four years older. There's a part of me that's yeah, that's true. I was, but then there's the other side of it. That's exciting. I was always just so excited, but I was too excited that I didn't, didn't focus on the now. Mm -hmm. And that slowed me down some, but I like, I like that trait, but we were the professional gophers. It's like I had to go for this and go for that. So learned a lot like that trade, the construction, the farming. Don't regret it one bit. Do you? Not at all. Lots of fun. So the biggest thing that it taught is hard work, right? So I don't think we'd be here if we didn't have to do all the chores and we weren't forced to go work a job. Like right out of eighth grade, uh, dad sent me on a roofing crew mm -hmm. and that was just, that was very difficult, but it, it uh, taught me hard work and how to physically work hard, mm -hmm. which really helps in today's day and age when most of the time I sit at a computer. You did sweat a little bit last week. Yeah. Since mm -hmm. we oh, started two weeks ago, since we started roofing, I've been out and about a lot. I love it. Um, saying cliche saying is I quit my nine to five to start my own business for free time. Now I work 24 seven. That's so. very true, but it's exciting. I love yeah. it. Awesome. So we had a lot of similarities in our childhood, but we had some differences. Um, you were the third brother. Mm -hmm. So you got even the leftovers of the brothers, um, chores, but also 
in 2008 was not such, was not a fun time. We lost everything. We lost uh, our farm, construction business, foreclosure, the recession hit us. And we went back to living on three acres in a house, nice brick house. And we all went and got jobs. And that's where you went on the roofing crew. Yeah. And education wise for both of us is eighth grade. Yeah. And I, in my opinion, I love education. I'm all for it, but I love how I have the eighth grade education and then a college degree in life. When I say I love education, I'm not saying I, I just love sitting down doing school curriculum. Absolutely. I hated it. It was, it was a struggle all day, every day. Um, but it helped me and I love it. And now I'm doing, getting my PhD in life. So on back to the question earlier about when you knew it in business, where for you, where does it come from that you, that desire you start, you talked a little bit about dad mm -hmm. and how his papers, was there anything in, in his life that you feel you took and inspired that business and you want to take it to the next level? So 2008, I was super young. Um, I, I remember some of it, but I remember before it and it was always, he was always a businessman in my head. Um, and there was a lot of people that were businessmen, but really what inspires and what I, why I want to do business is to help people. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, first off is for my family and then it's for the people that I can get in. They can have a job that can make a difference for their family with what I've learned and with what we can offer. So it, it's mainly just for me and my family to have more than what I had growing up. Right. So a lot of my childhood, honestly, is kind of a blur, right? They're was a lot of different things going on that I just kind of zoned it out. So now it's, I want to provide a better life for my children once I have children and just, yeah, let, have, have a better, um, growing up. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So moving, we can talk more in <clears throat> later podcasts about our childhood and some stories. Cause we have some crazy stories. Like we were, Flipping ATVs, yeah, um, chasing, fighting. yeah, fighting, chasing cattle, bulls around in the field, um, driving into lakes, literal Millwood lakes. <laughs> but we talk more about that. I want to move forward and just more of a synopsis of our life. So you moved to Texas, right? Yeah, and that's when you left roofing. You were doing roofing for a year or so. Two years? I think probably two years. Love it. So you, you went to Texas and you got a job at a storage building company. Yeah. And, or storage building manufacturer. And what was your, what was your first job there? My first job, I installed appliances. I didn't really do much of anything. Um, I just put in a microwave and refrigerators and put up blinds. That was pretty much it. And did everything else and just had fun. It was one of the easiest jobs you. I ever had in my life. Yeah. Definitely coming from roofing. Never near killed yourself too. Yeah. How did that happen? So I had to, um, before the customers came out to check out the cabins, mm -hmm. I would hook them up with electric and 
um, clean out the cab and make sure everything was good. So I just, I plugged in the electrical cord before I had it hooked up to the cabin and went and forgot about it and went and grabbed the 220 at the end. So mm-hmm. it shocked me real hard. All I heard was, a, Ooh, that's it. <laughs> it, it was, was scary. painful. It was painful. For sure. Um, but we went, there was a few in Texas. There's a lot of shed companies yeah. and they're all in the same street corner. Seems like, so you kind of choose one. Um, the one that you were working at, we all three of us were working at. You went from there to forklift driver, a few different ones. I went. I did the spray foaming for a while underneath and then forklift driver. Love it. Then you made the jump. Yeah. That, that was kind of... That was the biggest jump from just labor work to doing something different mm-hmm. is I went to sales. I love it. And everybody, or seems, not everybody, a lot of people have that jump moment that they Mm -hmm. can refer to and i think it was that moment that we were talking you were on the forklift we were up uh, where all the buildings are stored that you got the job offer and you just kind of said i'm going to take it right yeah and in my head it happened all within maybe if i look back a day yeah it's it's walk me through why you took the jump into sales then why then Always when I make a decision, it happens within the day. Uh, coming out to Missouri, we decided yeah. within a few minutes. hours. Yeah, well, so decision was made within ten minutes. <laughs> it was that, that was crazy. Me. But uh, why? Why that day? I was tired. I was fed up. I wasn't in a good place at all. Um, I cared more about, or at the time, I was partying more and just pretty much throwing my life away. I knew, I knew I wanted the business thing. I knew it was from way young. Like we talked about, I knew I wanted the business. I wanted to help people and driving a forklift. I wasn't going to be able to fulfill that or be fulfilled. And that was the next step to uh, getting better, which I, I really love sales. Everything is sales and I wanted to give it a shot. And at that moment I was just like, it's, it's the best option. And I was what, 17. Yeah. So it wasn't really like, it wasn't if I made it or I didn't make it, it was going to hurt anybody. I was just on my own. I could figure it out. I love it. And valid point, valid point. Um, you went sales salesman to mm-hmm. sales manager. And mm-hmm. this is where I come back into the picture. I was um, that same sort of shit company that you were at. I was there. I started as a service technician, um, worked the ranks there, service manager, um, worked myself out of that came it was sweeping the floor three days after i came home from my honeymoon mm-hmm. um and then from getting married and then i went into uh, that's when i took the sales position for me i always knew i wanted to do sales but it was more out of a necessity piece mm-hmm. at that point uh, so i did sales there for about a year jumped around jumped out to cabin so to clarify there's storage buildings storage sheds where you just store your portable buildings and then there's the cabin department mm-hmm. where it's completely finished out cabins um they are really beautiful uh, cabinets the only thing you do is hook up the electric not get shocked hook up the electricity and the plumbing and it's good so i went out and sold those for a while uh, for or assist i was assistant there for a while and then i came over and worked with you in uh in your sales position that you had yeah so i, I bring that story in to you becoming my boss now. So all these years you were, we were your big brothers farm, uh, in roofing, you went, Oh, I wasn't over in the roofing for a while and then came back and then boom, you, you're my, you're the sales manager. 
I work for you. We're in sales. Uh, Carson, our older brother, and me, you are yeah. our boss. How, from being the little brother growing up, and now you're the boss, how, how, how did that work? Um, it, it was a respect thing. <laughs> Y'all respected it well. Um, it, it was awkward for me at first a little bit. Like, how, how do you tell your older brother what to do? Because they're always pushing me around. But mm-hmm. it, it, it just worked. I view it in, in everything. I started to view things as you got to take emotions out of business. If you're going to be super emotional in business, I, I don't think you're going to make it. Because there's so many decisions during a day that if you have to uh, make you make more calls or anything, the emotions will get in the way and I'll start think, going down a trap of, well, what's he going to say when we go over to uh, dad's house for dinner? Is he still going to be mad? If you can set it that you don't have emotions in the business part of it as much and it's just logic, it, it makes it a lot easier. I love it. How does that connect to core values for you? In, in core values, core beliefs, whatever you want to call it, something to have it based off of, a standard, a, a datum line to base it off of, rather than just going with the emotions. So exactly which core belief, I'm not sure, but... We're working... No, I'm not looking for the core belief. I'm saying the correlation between being able to... I guess what I'm asking, the, the line in the sand that keeps that emotion from flopping over as much because emotions always come around is... The, is the core value, I guess, is my question, that that line that holds it from what kept it from, you said keeping the emotion out of it, but what kept the emotion from overtaking for you is my question. Just making myself literally every day say that we're not going to let emotions take over. It's, it's, not, it's not a thing where you decide, okay, I'm not going to have emotion because yeah. they come back. When the emotions come, I just have to stop for a second, go for a small walk, anything just to take it back right because if i do something out of an emotional state it's most times not good so it's more of a it always comes back i just take a small break and i come back to it once the emotions are calm i love it it's freaking beautiful and you did great you we had the fights i you fired me a time or two i quit a time (laughs) or two it's like fine i'm done but you never left (laughs) yeah i mean i legit i was sitting at your desk and is overdrawing, I think. There was a lot of things building up to it. And I was like, bro, if you don't do this, I am not even kidding you. I'm going to go get a new job. I'm done. <laughs> and it wasn't in that tone either. It was a mad. I was mad. And you said, okay, that's it. You can go. You're done. So I just walked back to my desk, picked up the phone, started calling again. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. So sales manager. And then I want to talk to, to, to end this episode of our life. I want to talk about uh, the moment that that you the conversation that you and I had that I quit that my kind of my jump because all because all of this was happening you took your big jump I didn't didn't have my big jump at that moment or one of the big jump my first one right yeah so I want to talk a little bit about that so I was a salesman I was doing I mean looking I was thought I was doing absolutely incredible looking back I did decent. Um, providing for myself was hitting records for myself and but there was always this pull there's always this nag every it was like a caged animal every so often i would walk around the lot uh kicking stones talking trying to brainstorm how to do sales and do my own thing 
and, and not only just my cliche own thing is because we've been, I started on a bicycle uh, in the lower grades in school selling cleaners. And I always, that whole business story that you had is the same, like it was, it's, it's driven into us from our childhood, from our dad. Yeah. And for me, I always wanted to do that, but I also love the owners. I loved uh, working for you. I love, I loved my environment. So I was blinded and not being able to do what I was actually being called for. So I felt like a caged animal and I've tried uh, various different MOMs. I've tried every little idea that came along. I was going to do it. I was going to get rich. This was it. And I always thought I had to become a millionaire before I quit to justify it. Where the truth was, I was just telling myself I have to stay. Right. And there came this moment that there came this moment that I was, this was about the 30th conversation. And I called you over to my desk and said, I just, I can make more phone calls. I can sell another a hundred thousand. I can do all this stuff. But now I have, now I have a little girl and she was already born at this point. And I don't know what to do because now I have to provide for her. I remember asking you the questions. Now I have to provide for her. Now I need more stuff. Yeah. And you showed me third, three generations back. And this business uh, that comes from us, this is coming from generation to generation. My dad went to town. He knew everybody. My grandpa went to town. He knew everybody. My great grandpa is the one that moved to uh, Arkansas, that yeah. town. Everybody loved him. He was there. was just business. It was in, it's in our, uh, history, forefathers. And you can see three generations back. I love him to death. And my dad's going to listen to this. I love him to death. And I've told him this to his face, but it, that big jump didn't officially happen. It didn't get broken. Right. Yeah. Like, that we're going to make it big and do and change thousands of lives. And you looked me in the eye and asked me, are you going to allow Genesis to watch you the way that you watch your dad? Not, I mean, he did change thousands of lives, but not make that massive jump. That's absolutely stupid that nobody makes sense. Yep. And it's also the question I remembered is, so how hard it is to make that jump and do everything. Mm -hmm. It was, are you going to make Genesis do that? that jump herself yes, just that, because you're too scared of doing it right now. Yes. That's, uh, that is exactly how it was worded is how are you going to make her do the work? Are because you gonna make you're her not willing it? to, because I'm not willing to. Yeah. And I said, Nope. And he literally, you fired me. Yeah. At, and at, then you were what done the few days later. I said, well, no, I, I said, I'm done within five minutes and walked over uh, a friend of ours. He's the owner and he was walking between the offices and I said, it's time. And he just whirled around and said, no, it's not time, <laughs> but we were close. We were, we were really close. But in that I said, okay, it's a month. I was in a MOM company that I was making. I worked two years and made $12 at this point. I was making, uh, probably maybe $50 a month. So it was a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was going to do that. I was like, okay, I'm going to make the jump. I'm going to do a set a month date out. And this is how, what I love about God, the universe and how it comes together is I decided going to quit in a month. I kept working, but two weeks into it and deep down, I knew it was going to be a massive stretch to make that massive stretch. I decided to sell my house, I uh, sold my house and, and that was the reason for the month. The closing was out, sold my house and had a few months of living 
for that. And then two weeks before I quit and I had three months of living, saved up three to six months of living from the house, this other opportunity popped up. And so I made the first pivot. Now the second pivot all of a sudden jumped in my face. Yeah. And I was trying to do this for years since I was 16 years old. I remember doing it. Like I was trying to get jobs. I went to the airport, tried to get jobs. I couldn't because I didn't have a GED or high school education. Like I just rock wall after rock, rock wall. And all of a sudden two weeks after I committed to quit this opportunity pops in my face. And that was a life-changing moment for me. Even before it happened, I knew it's going to happen. And the thing that all of a sudden happened to me is in my head is not, it, it's always going to wait until you make the jump. You have to create that mental space. You have to even, you have to even commit to create that box in the universe timeline, whatever you want to call it, that, okay, now it can happen. Now it has space to, to manifest into real life. And from there, it was nothing but full throttle. Yeah. And well, thank you for that conversation. We had about 30 or 40 of them, but all of a sudden that conversation, it hit different that day. It was a one conversation. <laughs> it takes one more, right? Yeah. Um, so that jump point in my life, and I've taken a few since then, it's been nothing, nothing but up. And I mean, we've had hits business. Oh my goodness. We don't even want to, we can't even talk about them all right now, yeah. but, but we've never, we've never given up meaning that it's, it's been up because we've never stopped since then. You, Very you can't give up. So yeah, exciting stuff, right? Very exciting. And to, I don't want to keep, we could chat about our life for more and we will talk more about it, but I wanted to just kind of formally introduce us and what our heart is and what, how we want to help. So what do you see, like t talk a little bit about what this podcast is going to bring. So we have during doing business and everything, we made a lot of great connections. Um, I think there are a lot of great connections and we want to bring them onto the podcast. We have a few people already lined up that agreed to it. Mm -hmm. It's anywhere from uh, running 125 miles to people that have done millions in business, uh, millions in real estate. They're running their uh, multiple businesses at the same time. So that's all still to come. Yes. And those are already lined up. So I love it. There's a piece, there's a side of you and me and our business side, or for me, I can't talk for you, is... I don't know if any of you know Dan Flashman. Mm -hmm. I I respect that guy. I, I've seen him in Ryan Stimmons' event in 2018, and his level of connections are absolutely incredible. And if anybody knows me, I thrive off of connections. Being able to to he knows everyone. <laughs> yes, he does. And I want to be. I, I want those connections because that's where quality of life comes in. Is having real, yeah. true connections and friends of people who are going the same direction. And technology these days makes it, we can bring it together. Because honestly, right now, our mentors are not even, they're not even with us here in Missouri. They weren't with us in Texas, right? We have friends. We have lots of friends. But our, our mentors that, that we say we want that and going for it, they're not even in the same state. So we want to bring connections together. Because me growing up, I didn't have a place to go for all those connections. And if I had the connections, I couldn't make them, right? So it was, it was super that, that's for me i want uh, connections are my currency very super good. exciting so 
super excited. I uh, already have our next guest lined up. I don't plan on having just a format at the moment of exactly on the week when it comes out, this podcast, but we'll, we'll have a format. We'll have some formality, uh, some value for you guys uh, to, to take, to apply. That's what I want, things that you can apply and change your life. All that we ask is that we at least hear about it because I want I want to hear if like, hey, that helped me or that sucks. I disagree with it. I want to hear it. So, yeah, cool. Anything else? Nope, that's it. You ready to go to work?